Our priest is a dying man. The dying men, women, youth. And I will preach as though I will never preach again. So God, God has his reasons for why he saves us in stages. Sanctifies us slowly, makes us fill up every day at his pump. Lest we forget where the gas comes from. Welcome to Follow Me to Heaven, where God's word is truth and your questions matter. So we have been in Ephesians for quite a while, right? But there is so much in there that we can hash out and it's actually important for us to do so because God calls us to. So Ephesians chapter 2, right? So we uh, just talked about in chapter 1 about Paul basically given his stamp of approval by stating that he is an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, right? So we understand that this letter was written to the believers who were in the vicinity of Ephesus. And this letter was meant to be circulated amongst the people there, the church. And Paul is now getting to the point where he lets us know that we are saved by grace and grace alone, right? So let's read chapter 2 and let's read verses 1 through, let's see, 1 through 10. Uh, But in this episode, we're actually going to be focusing on verses 4, 5, and 6. So it says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus." so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in. In them. So let's reread verses 4 through 6 and let's focus on that. So this is what it says. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us. Right? So Paul transitions from you were dead in your trespasses and sins, but God, 
right? So these two words gives us a transition into the good news. Yes, he lays out, flat out, tells us that we were dead in the trespasses and sins. So he lets us know, he lets the Ephesians know that their natural position before they were saved, before they knew Christ in a personal way, they were dead in their trespasses and sins, right? And he, and then he says in verse 2, in which you once walked. So he is saying that they once were in this position, they are not there anymore. And this is what God did. Verse 4, but God. So while they were in that position, God being rich in mercy, it says. So being rich in mercy means to be abundant in mercy. God's mercy is beyond us. We cannot even fathom how great of a merciful God God is. And here it says, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us. So he gives us the because, right? So he lets us know how was God merciful to the church of Ephesus, but not only that, in um, to apply it to us, right? Scripture, not all of Scripture applies to us. We have to remember the proper context. But here we can understand and we can actually identify ourselves as we were once dead in the trespasses and sins, right? And we can also say, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even while we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive. So we can identify ourselves there as well. And it says, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us. So the motivation behind God being merciful to us is here, is his love. Not only that, it says because of the great love with which he loved us. So the great love, great, applies to God's love, which here is being written as a noun. And then it says, with which he loved us. So that's a verbal form of love, and it's a past tense form of love. And it says, because of the great love, so this love that God has is great. And this is the love God showed towards us in mercy because he loved us. And it says, with which he loved us. So how can a just, holy God love us even though we were dead in our trespasses and sins? Right, so that's a question we would ask. That's a question uh, that we would like to know. How is this possible that as I was a God hater, right? Paul lets us know in Romans that we hated God. We wanted nothing to do with God before Christ, right? And here, Paul is saying, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us. 
even while we were dead in our trespasses. So not only did God love us, but Paul reminds us, right? He reminds us that while we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. So, again, we would ask this question, how is that even possible? Well, it's because he loved his son and he gave his only son, right? See, we are God's creation, right? We were made for God that we may exalt him and glorify him and praise him, make his name known. But there was a problem. We were separated from God. And because we were cut off, we were separated, right? We were fallen short from his glory. There was no way that we would be able to praise God as we were created to because of the fall of what happened when Adam and Eve disobeyed God, disobeyed his word. They didn't believe his word. Instead, they questioned his word. So here we have to understand this is God's word and this is where we were and this is what God did with us. Praise God, right? Made us alive and now we can worship him properly. Jesus even tells us that in order for us to worship God, we have to do it in spirit and in truth. We have to be within that in order to worship God properly, right? We have to be reminded that there's a um, a portion in the Old Testament where two men brought up strange fire to God and God struck them uh, dead. And the reason why is because they didn't do it properly. They did not worship God as God properly instructed us to. He gave us the standard in which this is how we should come to him and how we should praise him and worship him, right? There's many churches out there that has gone astray from worshiping in truth and focused more on emotion and what can I do to move you to tears even though this song has nothing to do with God's holiness, his righteousness, his justice, his wrath, his love and grace and mercy. Now, they, they're more focused on how can I incorporate different instruments together to move you to tears, right? They're more focused in that instead of focused on let's, let's exalt God with his word and truth and incorporate that with music in the background. You see, we got it flipped in many churches. They're more big on the lights and the stage and the smoke machine and loud music. And then the words are just repetitive, very shallow, has very little to do with God. And instead, it has a lot to do with us as if we are the center of God's um, trophy or whatever. But instead, God shows us that he is to be exalted among the nations, right? Scripture tells us that he is to be 
not only worshipped but exalted and that everyone bowed their knee before him because he is Lord. He is God. So here, but God being rich in mercy. So we were so far cut off from God. And here it says, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses. So being dead in our trespasses, it means that you are dead. Not only dead, but where do you dwell? Well, you dwell in your sin. You dwell in your trespasses, and this is where you are. So when we were dead in our trespasses, within that, God made us alive together with Christ. This is where our identity in Christ uh, is unraveled. And this is what Paul is letting us know in this letter and letting the Ephesians know in this letter, right? The church of Ephesus is letting them know that even though they were dead in their trespasses, made them alive together with Christ. And then it's as if he needs to just insert this kind of giving a break of his main thought and on the side note he tells us or and he tells the ephesians by grace you have been saved right so they were dead in their trespasses meaning they were not in the middle of the ocean splashing around and waiting for god to throw a raft for them to grab on instead they are not breathing they are under the ocean so they don't even know they need saving until God reaches down and grabs them. That's God's call. And whenever God calls us, us who are the elect, the faithful ones, right? We, the, the believing ones, the ones that will believe, whenever God calls, we can't do anything but hear his voice and come to him because we recognize that voice. We know that voice and we come to him. That's our response to his calling, right? So he calls first and we come to him, right? There's many people think that they chose God, but in reality, God chose them before they chose God. The only reason why they chose God is because God first chose them. That is the proper order, and that is how God regenerates us. That's the idea of regeneration. We are made alive, and now because we're made alive, we respond, we come to God. So here, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. So let's talk about mercy and grace for a little bit. So what is mercy? That means us who are deserving of punishment, God does not give us that punishment. That is mercy. Grace is receiving that which we did not work for. So salvation, it says, for by grace you have been saved. So the saved comes because of God's grace. So by this grace, we are saved. By this grace, God says, I will save you. And that's because of his grace. So 
grace is actually receiving that which we did not merit, right? So let's say you apply at a job and five minutes later after you apply, the boss comes to you and gives you your two weeks paycheck before you even started your work. You would question him like, uh, why are you giving me this? I didn't, haven't started yet, haven't worked yet. So that check represents God's grace because it's been given to us without us even working. It's not that God required, requires us to work in order to be saved because that wouldn't be grace, right? We are given to what is due if we work for it. But instead, being saved by grace is that apart from us and us doing anything, God gives us this salvation, right? If we jump ahead of verse 8, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. So, by grace you have been saved through faith. That is the gift of God. So, you receive this gift, you unravel this gift, and what's in this gift is grace, salvation, and faith. So God gives us the faith to, in, in order for us to call out to him, right? And Romans, if we go to Romans chapter 10, it says this in verse 13, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 14, it says, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him in whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Right? So in order for them to call on the name of the Lord to be saved, there has to be something done within them internally to believe. Right? It says, how then will they call on him? Right? So the ones who will call on the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So we need someone to preach to us that we may hear. And once we hear this, we'll believe it. And if we are the ones that believe that we will call on him and all of us who call on him will be saved. You see, that would be the order in how God saves us, right? He saves us through his word. Paul tells us in Romans 1, 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. So the power of God is the gospel. The gospel is the word of God. It is the word of Christ that is proclaimed to us. And it says in verse 17 of chapter 10 in Romans, So faith comes from hearing. And hearing through, through what? The word of Christ. So this faith only comes from us hearing it. And whenever we hear it, we come to faith. We come to the saving faith. And how is that done? Well, it's through the word of Christ. In Hebrews, it tells us that the word is alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. 
able to cut down through bone and marrow, right? Able to change us from within because that's how God intends to save us. And that's done through vessels that preach God's word, God's truth, because that's the only thing that's going to penetrate anybody. And here it says, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. So our identity is with Christ, right? So Christ was our representative. And whenever we, whenever Christ was put on the cross, that's as if we were on there with him, right? And whenever he received the wrath of God for all of those who will believe in him, we no longer have to bear that anymore. Instead, Christ's, Christ imputes our dirtiness, our sins and trespasses on himself. And in return, Christ gives us his righteousness. You see, we did nothing to receive this righteousness, but instead, God just gave that to us through our faith in Christ and what he has done, right? Jesus tells us in Mark, repent and believe in the gospel, right? That's Christ's standard in how we are to come to God. And then we read in verse 6 of Ephesians in chapter 2, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So now we get to our position. Where are we, right? We were once dead, or in this context, Paul writing to the Ephesians, he wants them to know that they were once dead. Verse 4, but God, verse 5, made us alive together with Christ, right? So what Paul does is he lets us know what God did to us, for us. And all of this was done by grace. And not only that, our identity, because we are with Christ or in Christ, we were made alive together with Christ. Not only that, we were raised up with him. So whenever Christ resurrected, we identify in that resurrection, which is why we hope for that. It's a living hope, it tells us in First Peter chapter 1, verses 3-5. through 5. It lets us know that blessed be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, right? And lets us know that we hope in this Christ that rose from the grave because if he did not raise from the grave, there's nothing to hope for. That means once we die, that's it. There's no resurrection for us, physical resurrection, right? Whenever God made us alive together with Christ, that is the spiritual resurrection. And that is what we identify with right now. We can partake in that now. Which is why we should not dwell in sin anymore. Instead, sin is put to death. And we are to put to death all the sins uh, that we've committed, 
are committing, we are to repent of that and come to God in repentance, asking for forgiveness, knowing that he will forgive us. And it says, raised us up with him. So we are raised with him. And it says, and seated us with him in the heavenly places. So not only did Christ raise from the grave, he ascended into heaven and seated at the right hand of God. And it says here that we are also seated with him in the heavenly places, right? So where Christ is, that's where we are. And it says in Christ Jesus. So all of this is because we identify with Christ. We are in Christ, right? Not that we are literally inside of him, right? So when someone is going to school, but they are uh, after hours, let's say it's after three, let's say it's six o'clock, it's dinner time, you're at home, but you're also going to school. And I ask you, hey, are you in school? You would reply with yes. You're not literally in school because it's six o'clock, it's supper time, you're at home. But me asking you, are you in school? And you responding with, yes, I am in school. It's the same idea that us, we are in Christ. And that's where we identify ourselves with. So if we are in Christ, we are saved by this grace that God lavished upon us, right? In his rich mercy. And this rich mercy is because of the great love with which he loved us. You see, he has chosen us from before the foundations of the world and brought about the Messiah through the lineage of Israel and now made a way, made it possible for us to be reunited with God. And that's done through Christ. See, Jesus tells us that he is the way, the truth, and the life. Right? He is the one that has authority, authority to give life. And whenever he gives life, we are made alive to no longer die again. Right, Our flesh is deteriorating. Yes, we will die physically. But here it says that we were dead in our trespasses and God made us alive in Christ. So this would be a call to all of those who have not repented from their sins and turned to Christ for salvation. Know that it's not too late. You're listening. You're hearing the word of God. And it says here plainly how this is done. And it tells us that God himself makes us alive. There's nothing we can do But here it tells us that even when we were dead, made us alive together with Christ. So Christ is central to everything. And here Paul just can't hold it in. And he lets the Ephesians know. And, and it's as if he wants to catch a breath, but he needs to add something in this. And he says, by grace, you have been saved. And raised us up, right? So he lets us know that our salvation is nothing that we work for, 
but it's given to us by grace, and that's what it is. So, believe the Word of God, because if you don't trust God's Word, then there is no way of being saved. Because what caused the fall was Adam and Eve's deceived, right? Adam and Eve was deceived by the serpent and caused them to fall, caused them to question God's word. So let's not question God's word in a sense that, did God really say no, we can read it here and it tells us, but God being rich in mercy, right? So we're not to question God's word and reading this and saying, did God really say this in his word? No, we're reading it here and let's trust that God will enlighten us, right? See in verse 17 in chapter 1 in Ephesians, it says that, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and a knowledge of him. We are to grow in this knowledge of knowing God, and that is done by the Holy Spirit that is given to us, that it's sealed in us. And with this, we begin to learn and understand God's word better, which will bring God praise better we will be able to worship him more properly right because then we get to learn our position where we were before christ and where we are now in christ and how much we deserve not that but his wrath but instead god loved us and spared his wrath on us and instead poured it out on his son so i would say Reread this and pray that God would enlighten you and give you understanding in what he has done for us in Christ. This is Follow Me to Heaven.